Welcome back to another episode of the Bearcat Basketball Podcast. I'm your host, Alex Meacham, former UC basketball player from 1997 to 1999 under the legendary coach, my man, Bob Huggins. And I was fortunate enough to wear the iconic Jordan brand unis during my time. Now, you can follow me on social media. I'm on Twitter and Instagram at Alex underscore Meacham. Meacham spelled M-E-A-C-H-A-M. I'm on Facebook and LinkedIn, Alex Meacham. I'm on Snapchat, at Big Meach 41, and soon to be on TikTok. That's right. Now, this is the special edition of the podcast, my interview series with a very special guest. All right, folks, now... As everyone knows, this is the Bearcat Basketball Podcast, and I've been interviewing a lot of former basketball players from the University of Cincinnati, but I wanted to step outside the box for this one and bring in a former Xavier legend. Now, I know some of the uh, Bearcat fans are going to be like, no, 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 Xavier guys can't be in there, but this is one of the great, great guys from Xavier who is one of their Hall of Fame members, and he ranks 16 on the XU list of all-time scores at 1,572. I'd like to welcome in number 32, Darnell Williams. What's up, D? What's going on, Meech? How you been? I'm doing doing very well, man. Uh, what's going on in your world these days? Nothing much, Meech. Just maintaining up here in New York right now with this corona stuff going on. Oh, man, it's just... I mean, it's crazy. And you think about big cities like New York and Los Angeles to see the biggest cities, you know, in the world just completely being shut down. I saw an image of uh, Times Square, and it was a ghost town. It's called, everywhere is a ghost town. People still out, though. So you got people still breaking uh, distancing rule, but for the most part now, people are staying in. That's good, man. So, hey, let's go through your uh, hoops journey real quick. Um, let's start back to your days uh, growing up. You're originally from Brooklyn, New York, correct? Correct. Uh, what high school did you go to? I went to uh, Nazareth, high, Nazareth Regional High School in uh, Flatbush, Brooklyn, where I'm from. Okay. So uh, tell us a little bit about your high school career. Uh, it was, you know, started off slow. I didn't really start playing basketball until I was 14. So I didn't play, start playing until I was a freshman in high school. The only reason I went to that school is my cousin, Dwayne. We call him Bees. Everybody knows him as Bees. He was playing basketball. He was okay. He was real good. That was the only way. And I just grew. I went from being 5'9 to 6'3 in mm-hmm. one summer. So I just started to play basketball. But the funniest thing about it, I was a better football player than I was a basketball player. Really? Yes. <laughs> like even all the way, you played football all the way through? Nah, I only played my first little, like, two games my freshman year and just stick with basketball. So that's a wrap. Mm-hmm. Nice. So when you're when you're getting through your high school career and you start to obviously become an accomplished high school player, you start to get recruited. Um, who were some of the schools that were looking at you? When I first started on the scene, I had uh, UConn, Wisconsin, Hartford, Florida was there for a second. Uh, Hofstra. Okay. Uh, but Xavier. Now, how did how did Xavier uh, get into the question? I know Sherwin Anderson went to Xavier, and he's 
you know, originally from Brooklyn too, correct? Correct. Uh, she, me and Sharon was high school rivals. That's the funniest part. Really? <laughs> yes, he was. High Sharon school rivals. Went to, he went to Bishop Lachlan, is that correct? Yes, that's our okay. high school rival. Yep. <laughs> and so, so how'd you end up at Xavier? I mean, a guy from the East Coast coming all the way to the Midwest. Well, first Sherwood High School coach is the one who called and told them. And then one of Coach Prosser's friends saw me playing in West 4th Street and told Coach Prosser about me. And then I ended up getting invited to ABCD camp that summer, and I played there, and that's when they saw me. Hmm. Gotcha. And um, t- talk a little bit about – so you get to Xavier, and you're you're playing for Skip Prosser. Obviously, he, he passed away, and um, – and listen, being a, a UC guy, a Bearcat through and through, I'm, I'm just here to tell you, man, a lot of people, didn't regard, regardless of what side you were on, people loved Skip Prosser, man, just as a, as a person. Just forget even basketball. But what, what made Skip so special? He was just a, a genuine person. You don't find too many genuine people. Straight shooter, very intelligent, but he just cared. And you just mm-hmm. knew it. From day one, you knew it. From well, the day when he came on my home visit to recruit me, came to the park that I was playing in because I forgot about my home visit. <laughs> Wait a minute, you forgot you were at the park hooping? Yes, and I forgot. And he came with one of my little friends who brought him. I was like, there he is. <laughs> wow. No, that's pretty cool. All right, so, so let's jump into, you know, your freshman at Xavier. Uh, 1995. Yeah. Um, now, I know on the UC side um, how important the crosstown shootout is. Um, on the Xavier side during that time, it's a very, very big game for you guys as well in, in a lot of ways because, you know, UC is ranked, I mean, you know, some of these years UC is ranked very, very high. And it's an important game for you guys to win, not only for the bragging rights in the area, but just also to have that on your resume when it comes to NCAA tournament time. So how did Coach Prosser kind of frame this game? You're a freshman coming from New York. You really probably don't have a full understanding of the Crosstown shootout. So, you know, how did you kind of frame this game and how important it was? Well, the way I framed it was the first thing he said is just another game. Uh-huh. He said because number one, well, they was ranked number three. Yeah, they was three in the nation because they was number three. UMass was number one because we played them the week before or was it the week after. Uh-huh. One of those. So, yeah, you see the three. But it was another game that it was a street ball game. He said it's not going to take no plays to win the game. It's going to be just straight skill and toughness. He said that's going to be the easiest way to win the game. And he said crowd going to be crazy. <laughs> he said, but he said, but shoot, I came to watch you play in the park, so I already know you should be fine. <laughs> yeah. And, and that's like a, you should be fine. No doubt. That's a perfect game for somebody like you. Mm-hmm. It's like the, the, the tough the tough guys in Hus would always say this, like when we would play in the, the, the crosstown shootout or games like that, the, the the team with the toughest guys are gonna win. Mm-hmm. And in that season nineteen ninety five um, the Bearcats win nineteen. I'm sorry, ninety nine to ninety. Yeah, and that was Danny had about forty. How tough was Danny? No, he was too big. 
but he was skilled. That's what people yeah. got to understand. He just wasn't big. He was skilled. Mm-hmm. And he just knew how to play. But they was big with him, Art, and Art Long, a guy from upstate New York. Yep. I spoke to Art a couple of weeks ago. Oh, did you really? Yeah. Art How's he Col- doing? He's good. Art in Columbus. Okay. Him and Kenny Satterfield's up in Columbus. Oh, we go get a, we go get on that Kenny Satterfield thing after this after we do this part. <laughs> oh, we got to talk about K Sat. Okay, we gotta get we go. I would get K Sat. Yeah. Okay, we're gonna, we're gonna get to that. Pause we're that. Get to that. Yeah, I ain't gonna forget. Okay. But yeah, it was so, ninety five. It was it was it was a real good game. You know, it was just up and down, up and down. Everything. It's nothing you could say. You just had to be there to understand the intensity of the game and the speed of that game. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that was a game at the Garden. <clears throat> and, yeah. and I'm going to talk about this shortly in a little bit, but how tough it was to play in the Gardens for opposing teams. We're going to talk about that in a little bit, but I want to I want to hold that. So with the Bearcats winning in 1995 that game, you fast forward to 1996. Um and what was so odd about that season was, okay, the Crosstown shootout is at UC. It's the second game of the season, which is crazy that it's that yes. early in the season, right? Yeah. And UC's number one in the country. Mm. But, hey, you guys got some dogs too. I mean, you, Lenny Brown, Gary Lumpkin, uh, Trey Bragg, come on, that's James Posey, right? Oh, yeah. Sherwin was on that team. That's right. <laughs> Sherwin and, and played a big role in that game. He he did. So let's, <laughs> <laughs> it, it hurts a little bit to talk about this one because I'm not have cried a little bit on this one here. It's um, okay, Mitch. You ain't got to cry again, man. It's been <laughs> years. I told you we buried that hatchet long time ago. No doubt about it. <laughs> so so going into that game, you see number one in the country. How are you guys preparing for the Bearcats and, and the mindset going into this game? Well, one thing was we started preparing from the summertime. We were just preparing for everybody because all the games we lost, we said we should have won. And that's how we always felt. Mm-hmm. So we said, we know we're getting to play everybody again. So when the schedule came out in the, in September, we was in conditioning. I think Coach Prosser turned conditioning up another 30 notches. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, He's like, y'all playing after this? He's like, nah, we can't even move. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, I know that feeling. You know, it was a good game, but you know, the media, they number one in the nation. Annie Fortune on the cover of Sports Illustrated. Mm. And, you know, everybody like, oh, they're going to get blown out. Then when the Vegas odds came out, it was a 36-point underdog, and we just felt, disres- and we just felt disrespected. Mm. We just felt disrespected as a whole. Mm-hmm. I said, we understand they number one in the country, but okay. So, a lot of people don't know this story. This is a Coach Prosser Jeff. So, we had a shoot around during the day to the game. It was what, an 8.30 game, 9.30 game? It was a late game. Mm-hmm. I remember the day that you know, was a late, late game. Had to shoot around. we go back have team deal, get ready to come back over. He done made the manager's pace, the Vegas odds on the whole wall, <laughs> all over the locker room. 
Yeah, really? 36 point underdogs. And you know, most coaches, you know, Beach, if you've been in locker rooms, they'll have a scout report, what the guy mm-hmm. do, what plays you're going to run. He had none of that. Straight. You're a 36 point underdog. <laughs> wow. That's it. That's all he had. He said, that's all he had. He ain't had to say nothing else. He said, we prayed. He brought it in. He was like, no speech, no nothing. He was like, the wall says it for itself. Mm. He, he said, the only thing I'm going to tell y'all is all y'all got to do is keep it close because y'all have nothing to lose. Mm-hmm. And you should, we just played loose. Sure did. I, I think that's a good point because, you know, UC's number one in the country. It's at home. And as the game kind of got closer and closer to the end, and it was a close game, you could see the Bearcats starting to tighten up. Uh-huh. Missing little short shots they usually hit, turning mm-hmm. it over. Yep. You know, just keeping the pressure off. They come down, make the shot. Lenny came down, make the shot. <laughs> okay, so, so take, us through that, take us through that last sequence and kind of what was going on. Well, let's see, we was down. And we made a pole score the layup. And then Coach Prosser was like, foul. I'll never forget. And I looked at him like, man, I got four fouls. What are you talking about? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm trying to find out. We could play this out right here. We only down maybe one or two. Can't remember. So we foul. I foul. I foul out. I found Darnell Burton. And he got mad at me. He was like, anybody on the court, why you foul him? I said, I just looked into his eyes. He going to miss. Don't even worry about it. There was a one-on-one, and Darnell Burton went and missed the shots. Mm. <laughs> and we came, we came down. Sherwin actually drove to the basket, dropped at the pole, and pole scored. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> That's what tied the game up. And came, and then it was a timeout. Everybody was waiting. Timeout. UC came down, scored. We came back. They went out of bounds. Pole scored again on a layup by Sherwin taking the ball out of bounds. <laughs> mm-hmm. And then they just timed out. Yeah, I took it out. Charles Williams got it, started dribbling. With Sherwin on him, tried to make a move. Next thing you know, we seen the ball just rolling out of bounds. Mm-hmm. The score was 69-69. And we just called timeout right there. And, you know, Coach Frost drawing up a play, drawing up a play. Everybody looking, and I never forget. Coach Battle was like, "Let's forget to play, yo, Lenny. Go make a play." <laughs> mm. He was like, "Give Lenny the ball, and Lenny go make a play." He was like, "That's how two. You got playmaker one. Lenny is here. I was gonna find out. Lenny go make a play." And that's all it came down to. There was no play. Nobody set no pick. Lenny just got on a one-four flat, like we was in the park. Mm. And before he left the bench, he was like, "Flight, it's over." <laughs> He's like it's all over. Oh, this this hurts. This hurts. Um, and then there's that there's that image that floats around the internet um, before every crosstown shootout of the Bearcat bench and Lenny after he made that shot. Yeah, it was unreal. As you know, most people don't understand when you playing and you on the court. That shot in the air it took about twenty five seconds to drop. <laughs> Yep. Everybody think it's quick, but it takes forever. Ever. And when the horn goes off, you just like, oh, it's game. <laughs> we just shocked the world. 
No doubt. Oh, see, we just broke Vegas. Somebody got rich. <laughs> we said somebody got rich. What some Vegas person got rich. Because you yep. know they don't care. Somebody yep. got rich. Yep. No no doubt. Now, let me ask you this. So <clears throat> in between that season and going into the nineteen ninety seven season, um it's always, uh, you know, legendary to talk about pickup games. Okay, there was the Denver <laughs> Summer League. There was pickup games. Were you involved in any with uh, some of the Bearcat players? Did you go play against them? Always, we always played against them from when I first got there. Mm-hmm. I remember playing. I remember when Nick Van Ex used to come back and play. Man, Nick was a oof. Nick was a terror. He was different. He was you know, different. He was different. That's when that's when E. Martin was still playing. Herb mm-hmm. Jones was playing. So you had all those guys, Corey Blunt. Yep. And, and, you know, and outside of that time, Brian used to come back and play. Tyrone. Mm-hmm. You know, Byron was still playing at that time. Yep. She, Byron's still playing. So <laughs> <laughs> Firemark is never going to stop playing. Never. He's going to be in a 70-over league playing. <laughs> he treats hoop like, you know how, like, when people get older, they, they gravitate to, to, like, golf and, like, tennis, man. This is, like, his golf. Like, it's, yeah, it's yeah. Cool. No, 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 no. He plays golf, too. I he know. He has to play basketball. But he has my to. point. Yes. It's over. He don't play no ball. He'll go crazy. <laughs> I remember, and you might not remember this because, you know, I know you you played so much, you know, during your career, but when I was, when I first made it to UC as a walk-on, uh, we had an open gym, and you, and I think it was two other Xavier players walked in to our open gym. I don't even know if you remember this. Yeah, it was me, Lenny, and Pose. And, bro, I'm going to tell you, like, there wasn't conversation. Y'all just came in, and, and I just – I will never forget this. You talk so much trash. Like, <laughs> you didn't care. You did not nah. care where you were. You were talking trash. We didn't going to back it up. That's all it was. <laughs> it was friendly with them. It was friendly. It was friendly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Those but, were my guys over there. Because the people don't understand the funniest thing is after that, we used to hang out, laugh, Crack jokes, play video games. It didn't matter. Yep. And I think fans, I think people don't understand that, and they miss that. And and me being, you know, my first year as a walk-on, I didn't even understand that. I see you guys walk in, and I'm like, are they allowed in here? Like, what's the deal with this? Like, this is crazy. But then I'm like, oh, wait a minute. Everybody's cool. Um, nope. They used to come over to Xavier to play. Yep. Yep. Well, so, okay, so take that, and now we jump into that 1997 season. So so now I'm on the team, right? So, um, <laughs> and growing up here in Cincinnati, there was n- there's no bigger game for me. And still to this day, the biggest game is the Crosstown Shootout. Like, I look forward to that every single year. Um, and that 1997 was just so different for me being on the team. But <clears throat> I want to tell you this. Um, our preparation going into that game at the gardens was, was just, it was different because 
all the other games prior to that, um, I mean, we would prepare. Huggins was very meticulous with everything he did. But I'm telling you, man, everything ramped up before that Xavier game. I mean, it was like intense. And Huggins is trying to frame it for all the players, like how important this game was. And um, I will never forget, in practice, they had these marks on the floor. <clears throat> they they would take medical tape, and they would put these marks on the floor. And it was, do not dribble to these spots at the garden. The ball will not bounce back up. <laughs> and so, but we could like, we couldn't understand that. It was like, come on, man. What is the college basketball court? Man, the ball's going to bounce back up. Like, literally, Michael Horton, Sean Myrick, who my teammates, did not believe it. We got to a game, dribbled the ball in that dead spot. It didn't come back up. Not coming back up. <laughs> it's, like the boss, it's like the Boston Garden. It's not coming back up. Yep. That that made that so – that was just so crazy to me. I would never forget that moment. I don't know if you remember this, but that was kind of the – that was the infamous for us, the Black Sock game. So I don't know if you remember mm-hmm. what all that wrong. You remember that? We remember when we was warming up to give a forty game before the fans got there and y'all walked through the all black through the court. We was like, Oh, what they think this is? <laughs> yeah, I had John Black on and we wouldn't be and we came out with our alternate grades for the first time. Mhm. I remember that. <laughs> And, and your guys, that press killed us. Guys killed us, eighty-eight to sixty-eight. What all do you remember about that game? I just remember it was like, let's just beat them and let's get it over with, to mm-hmm. show that we better than them. Because <laughs> you know, there's people still thinking, okay, I understand y'all rank Xavier, but this still UC town. Okay, we are gonna show you what it is. Mm-hmm. And it was like it was nothing. Everybody, Lenny and Gary was clicking. Big Teray playing. Yeah, remember now this Terrace second year, he's a senior. He playing. Mm-hmm. Poe, me, he just going. Yeah, I think that was the year. I tell people, I think that was the year and that was the game that Bob Huggins stopped wearing a tie. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, I love Hugs. That's my man. I speak to E. Martin at least once a week. Mm-hmm. And we mess, I mess with him all the time. I'm like, that was one of them, right? He's like, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> he's like, oof. He's like, I was over there like y'all was choking me. He's like, there's nothing we can do. I was like, sometimes that press just clicked. And when it's clicking, uh, it's a snowstorm. <laughs> yeah. And and the one thing about the, the gardens, um, you said snowstorm, but it was a sauna in there. Like, it was hot. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and it was so crazy because it always seemed so dark. I mean, the lights in the uh, the stands were completely off, so you couldn't really see in the stands. Like, that place got so loud. It was so tough to play in that gym. I'm like, man, I, I can't wait till they stop playing at this place. Man. <laughs> I was like, I don't know if we could ever. I remember telling somebody, like, I, I don't know if we could ever win at this place. It was a huge home court advantage for you guys. Yeah, it was there. Yeah, it was. And like all the new people need a syntax, I'd be like, y'all just ain't experienced the gardens at its finest. Oh, man. No doubt. So um, the next year, 1998, you get hurt. You yeah. sit out the season, right? Yeah, I sit out. 
But you know, it's the same, it's the same intensity preparation. You know? mm-hmm. Yeah, I tell them guys, they seniors. You know, Kenyon is playing. There you go. I have to Kenyon. That's my man. I still mess with him up to today. Uh-huh. <laughs> I was like, yo, him, whew, he was different. Kenyon oh. Martin was different. I tell people, y'all see Kenyon Martin in the game on TV. That's that pickup game. Kenyon Martin was different. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. The stuff that Kenyon used to do, he was different. Mm-hmm. He was different. And I tell yeah. people, I could, ju- I could jump. He could jump, too. He was different. <laughs> Even Melvin Lovett, who could jump, would tell you, he's different. Yep. Kenyon Martin was different. Like, whew. Whew. <laughs> And, yeah, and the, one, the, the one thing I was going to say real quick about Kenyon, man, that, that mindset he had, man, he worked so damn hard. And I was there for everything and, and watching yeah, he, how hard he worked. He did. He did. He did. Like I told you when he was coming out, he deserved everything he got. He went after it. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, but that year, 98, I was hurt. You know, but you know how it was. Practice was still the same. I think that year, I can't even remember where UC was ranked at that time. Uh, I don't, I don't, I, I, I can't remember what we were ranked. Um, we were ranked though at that time. Yeah. I can't remember what it was. And I, I, I do remember this flight. I, I know going into that game, Hugs talked so much about these dudes blew you out last year at the <laughs> guard. Like you cannot let them come in here and win this game. You cannot. And I just remember that was our, like, our mentality. Like, they're not going to come in here and beat us in our gym. They embarrassed us last year. I think, like, guys like Kenyon um, and just a lot of my teammates really felt embarrassed about that last performance and were like, you know, Kenyon and those guys, I'm, we're going we're gonna to will we're gonna will this game to victory. So, like, we can't let these guys win. Um, and obviously you didn't, you didn't play in that game, but fast forwarding to the 1999 game, this was the last shootout at the Garden. Yep. It was the right? very last shootout at the Garden. Thank the Lord. <laughs> tear, this, tear this bad boy down. Like I don't want to see this gym ever again. Um, God, you guys got uh, David West that year, right? Yeah, yeah David. Was, uh, the baby face freshman. Man. Now, the, the, Bear, the, Bearcats, the Bearcats were loaded, too. Kmart, Logan, oh. Sat, Pete DJ, Michael. Pete. Number one in the country. Yep, Demar Johnson. Yep. Uh, who else? Big Tate. Jermaine Tate was on that team. Yep. Yep. Uh, it was loaded. And, and there were a lot of people that say that you know that was the that was the squad, man. That yeah. was. I tell people was, that team right there that was that could have been the one. Yep. yep. I tell people that just because I said I played against them. Yeah, I said, <laughs> I said we beat them. I said but they got they they they. I said you know home court crosstown shootout. Throw all the record books away. Throw how everybody playing. It's gonna be just the who wait the right plays at the right time. Mm-hmm. And, Ke- and Kevin Fry made huge plays. Yeah, he was a killer that game, man. Cause this is exactly what I told Kevin. I said they're not gonna let me get a shot off. <laughs> yep. Yep. <laughs> I said so. I got to pass it to you. I said, you can go one-on-one. I said, Kevin, this is what you got to know about shot blockers. I said, 
he blocks a lot of shots from the help side. He's guarding you. Now he has to try to time your jump. I said, you just got to go at him and you can score. I was like, now if he was guarding somebody else, then it'd be different. Mm -hmm. I said, but he comes from the weak side and beats everything. Mm -hmm. I said, said, you can score with a baby jump hook. I said, because he's going to allow you to get a little bit deeper because he can jump so high and he think he's going to block it. And that's all you got to do is put a little hesitation, then go. And that's what he did. He just made big buckets. Mm. I remember that. Um, you guys won. You guys won sixty six, sixty four. Yep. He had the last layup when I passed it to him from out of bounds. Uh, how now? How'd you play that game? About nineteen. Mm-hmm. In the first half, I carried us. In the second half, I told him, "Husband, gonna let me get another shot off." <laughs> <laughs> I say. I was like. Yep. I was like, how's they going to let me get another shot off? I said, he's going to switch everything. He's going to force me to catch you. I said, so see, somebody else got to do it. So Mo Mac had out. Mo Mac played well. Mo McAfee. Yep. And, uh, yep. Lloyd, Lloyd Price. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep. And K, K Fry. You know, K Fry. I spoke to K Fry a couple weeks ago. Shout out to K Fry down in Raleigh, North Carolina. Okay. Yeah. Doing workouts with kids and. Case Robin everywhere. He used to live in New Mexico. Whoa. Yeah, that's what I said. <laughs> <laughs> now, I know you want to talk. Now, this team, this 1990 uh, Crosstown shootout, obviously Kenny Satterfield played in it and did yeah. a New Yorker too. So you want to talk a little bit about K-Sat? That's my man. K-Sat is my man. I was just messing with him the other day because you know his daughter transferred to Xavier. Was that? Yeah, his daughter goes to Xavier. That's right. She transfers from Ohio State. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So Kenny Satterfield's daughter will be playing I, for Xavier. I told him as soon as I catch him in that blue shirt, I'm taking a picture and I'm posting uh, it everywhere. He can't do it. He can't do it. I got to hit up Kenny and tell him he can't do gonna it. going to have to put it on. It's his daughter. He he didn't want to do it when he went, she went on the visit. He's going to have to do it. I'm going to make him do it. Oh, this is going to be painful, man. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to make him put the shirt on and take a picture. He's going to have to. Oh, man. <clears throat> I, I totally so, forgot about that. Yes, I know. A lot of people don't. He, he was like, I knew it was coming. When she signed there, he was like, I knew it was coming. Mm. He was like, I knew it. I hit him instantly. Hey, welcome to the family. <laughs> <laughs> hey, like, oh, there you go, D. There you go. Uh, uh, I, was like, mm-hmm. I was like, yeah. <laughs> man, what what is it? Man, what is it about New York City street ball? I mean, it's obviously legendary. It's different. But what what is it? It's our life. Mm-hmm. It's our life, and you know. People understand, like, now it's different. YouTube and Instagram and everything made everything different. Yep. Back in our day, coming up a street ball race, you had to get your respect to, earn, to get it. You had mm-hmm. to go to places and play. Like, being from Brooklyn and I'm from Flatbush, I had to go to the Coney Island, the Dead Stars, the Brownsville, the East New York to play. Mm-hmm. All the way up to Harlem, all the way up to the Bronx. You mean running into guys like Ali Moe and 
and who else? My era, that time. Future and then John Strickland. Hmm. Uh, Tim Giddens' headache was playing. Oh, yeah. Like, uh, people don't understand. If people see the and one Tim Giddens, you never know Tim before that. Yep. <laughs> Tim yep. can play ba- Tim can play basketball. Yep. Yep. Tim I still play- talk to him. Mm-hmm. Yep. I got a guy, uh, Judy Sanders. You ask mm-hmm. anybody in street ball that's from New York, and you'd be like, yo, you ever heard of a guy named Judy Sanders? They're going to say, what? Might <laughs> be the greatest, one of the greatest street ball players ever. Hmm. What was his name again? Judy Sanders. Okay. Yeah, he's played with me on the team called Nike One. Okay. Uh, yeah, a bunch of my cousin Tyrone Grant, but you got Kenny Satterfield, Ed Booger Smith, Charles Jones, and Lamont Jones. Yeah, that that New York City street ball is just is different, it's legendary, and Kenny mm-hmm. Satterfield originally from the Bronx, right? Yeah, Case Sacks for the Browns, went to Rice. Yep. Case Case had a problem. Case Sack could play. Mm-hmm. I had to go. Case Sacks one of the top ten twenty one of the top ten street ball guards ever. Right now. Who who is the greatest New York City street ball player of all time? If you go let all time, all time and you talk about all the errors, people gonna say it's like between Joe Hammond and Earl Manigault. Mm-hmm. But if you talk about different eras in the 90s, my era at that time, Junie Sanders, Rafa Alston, Ed Booger Smith, John Strickland, Ali Moe. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was so many. That was, but those was considered one of the upper echelons ones. Is, is, the, is the streetball scene still as big? today? Yeah, it's still big. Well, now, uh, you know everything, with, uh, you know how it is now. I think corporate America runs everything. So Nike Nike has a stronghold. Mm. So Nike, Nike got the best, probably the best ones. We got one in Brooklyn. You got to come out and see it, Meech. I'm telling you, Meech, you got to come see it. It's called okay. Gersh, Gersh Park. It's in the summertime the street ball season going on. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Nike, run, uh, Nike runs Dykeman. Yep, yep. And you got Watson, Rucker trying to make a comeback. Died out for a while. You got Hoops in the Sun, Orchard Beach in the Bronx. West Forth is still there. So you still got a whole lot. And you got the other local ones that people still run. So it's street ball is still there. You know, it's something for the kids. Make sure the kids got something to do. Mm-hmm. I, I haven't been to New York in so long, man. I, I need to come back. We got to definitely connect up when I come back. You got you got to take me to all the spots, man. Definitely, definitely. But yeah, that where it is, it'd be, it'd be. Whew. So I remember. Let's see. Your man played. It was the last year, the year before. He used to play the whole summer. He's come out. He's a Bearcat. Lance Stevenson. <laughs> yeah, Lance. Lance is special, man. Lance yeah, is special. Yeah, he is. He can play. Yeah, yeah, he can. That's his environment, him. man. That's his mm-hmm. environment. Oh, he left that. Yeah, who else out there? Two Holloway was out there. Okay. Mm-hmm. The worst thing was two Atlanta was on the same team. Uh-oh. But they never was there at the same time. <laughs> you can't. You can't. Because mm-hmm. there was Lance won the regular season MVP and two won the playoffs MVP. 
Yeah. Mark Lyons was playing. Let me okay. Sacks done. Urshan was like older. The guys that played, like LeVad Seals that went to Pittsburgh. Mm-hmm. Malcolm Grant that went to Miami. Uh, Gary Irving went to Arkansas. Mm. Some of the you know, some of these other guys, they're just so young, I really don't even know them. But they can play. Yeah. Yeah. I just, yeah. I just don't know them. You know, I just see yeah. them all the time playing. I hear they made, but I don't know what school they went to. I know most of them play overseas now. Still got Irv Walker. I went to Florida. He's still playing out here. Mm-hmm. Well, listen, hey, I want to do the last part of the podcast. I like to do quick questions, quick answers. Okay. You ready? Yeah. All right, quick questions, quick answers with Darnell Williams. My first question, who is the greatest rapper to ever come out of New York City? Biggie Smalls. Ooh. Over the over Hove? Yeah. I mean, I'm wow. an old school guy. I'm just an old school guy. It's just Biggie. Nah, Biggie was just taken too was taken too early. Like yeah. people don't understand. Hearing Biggie Rapping on the street corners when I was a kid, that was different. Mm-hmm. He was waiting for that to come out. Now, hove is hove is hove, but I'm a Biggie fan. I could, people are arguing me that, well, Biggie just had two albums. Yeah, I understand that. <laughs> now, understand. you know, but if, you, but if you want to say living, I could say Jay, but then I could throw something in the rack. If you want to say lyricist, why you could say I'm Nas or Rakim. Okay. Rakim's definitely one of my favorites growing up, man. Rakim was so far ahead of his time, man. You look at the time frame in which Payton Full came out, Mm -hmm. uh, let the rhythm hit him. You look at those albums, and it wasn't until like 10 years later people were catching up to those albums, man. Rakim was my guy. Another one you got to throw in there, KRS-One. Oh, yeah. Knowledge reigns supreme over nearly everyone. (laughs) The philosopher. Oh, he's still out there touring. He's still mm-hmm. out there doing. So well, he shows. was supposed to. He was supposed to do a show up here, but when this stuff hit, they had to cancel it because I was there. Me and my wife was going. And, you, you know, um, something funny about my wife. You know, my wife started at the University of Cincinnati. Wait a minute, what? Yeah, my wife started at the University of Cincinnati. Right, she didn't finish. Then she went to Xavier. She so started Kate, off right. She, she started, started off right. Me <laughs> say she started off right. Started off right. Man, <laughs> life could have been different. <laughs> yeah. uh, okay, what's the next question, Me? All right, question number two. Who's your favorite Bearcat of all time? Oh, that's tough for me. By default, you know, I gotta say the big O. Okay. But besides that, all the time, whew, like, you know, me and Nick is cool. But I say all the time, is uh, Kmart. Kmart okay. is different. That is yep. different. No respect to the older guys, to Nick and Herb Jones and to Steve Logan, K-Sack, Kmart, Rube, and Ruben Patterson, but Kmart was different. And him yep. and Danny Fortin, it's like 1A, 1P. Got it. Good answer. All right, number three. Who would win in a dunk competition in their prime? You or James White? James White will win. 
Really? <laughs> yeah, Jay White. Yeah, I get it. He, he gonna take off from the foul line. I can't take off from there. <laughs> now you got some hops, man. I did, but uh, he he could just slide. He was different. Like he okay. glided. Like uh, like she, I remember one time me and Mel Lovett had a dunk contest in O'Connor Sports Center. Really? Yo, you got to tell me about this one. <laughs> me and Mel Lovett had a dunk contest in the court, O'Connor Sports Center. I've never heard this. So yeah, how'd it, how'd it go? Come on. You got to One of those days when we was in college, everybody played pickup. Remember the Saturday morning pickup at Xavier. Played in O'Connor. Everybody was leaving. He got up dunking. And they was like, come on, D. I was a guy. Come on now, let's go. Uh, nobody will say who was. He, his jump, his hops was different. <laughs> Mel, Mel, Mel love it. Whew. Mm. Uh, he got to have at least, a, he had to have at least a 45, 50. That was crazy, man. He used to get off that ground. Crazy. I mean, he, shoot. And I was like, I get up that ground, but you get up that ground, boy. <laughs> yep, yep. Now, so you're not gonna, now, you're not gonna say who won? Nobody would say. I'm not gonna say who won. Okay. I'm not gonna. We gonna just keep it even. Okay. All right. Fair enough. But, Fair enough. But if I had to be biased as a shoot, I was true service shoot. I think Mel won. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Impressive. Mm-hmm. All right. Last question. If you could go to war, like if you were in battle and you could have one Xavier player with you, who would it be? Lenny Brown. Okay, why? Because he's going to go to battle. Him or Teray Braggs. Bang, I thought you were going to Both of those is my guy. Mm-hmm. But, you know, but I got to say Lenny. They, they won A, one B. You ain't got to worry. Mm-hmm. You ain't got to worry. You go anywhere with them, you don't got to worry. Yep, good answers. So, um, you come back to Cincinnati very much? Mm, yeah, my, my grandson's still out there. My son, my in-laws. I ain't been out there in, what's about a year now, babe? I ain't been okay. since you caught a game. Last time, matter of fact, the last time I was in Cincinnati was for a Hall of Fame. Congratulations on that, by the way, going into Xavier's Basketball Hall of Fame. That was pretty cool. Thanks, yeah, it was. It was a cool night. You know, a lot of the older guys came out, Ralph Lee, Jamal Walker, hmm. Walt McBride. Now, did, did um, to get introduced to the Hall of Fame, did David Fluker introduce yeah. you? Yeah, my man, Fluker. Man, first of all, shout out to Fluke. Uh, shout out to Fluke. She got you. One of the great, great people. Um, he worked both as mm-hmm. Xavier and UC for both bas- basketball programs. Obviously, he started with Xavier, went to UC, back to Xavier, man. And he was just he's an incredible person, man. You, you, so you picked him. Is that correct? Yes. Why is that? Because we spent a lot of time together. Mm-hmm. You know, helping my rehab back and just there. Yeah, great, genuine guy. So, man, I think I was the first person he called when he had his son. <laughs> really? Yeah, it was like three in the morning. Fly, I finally got my boy. Oh, man. <laughs> so Fluke's like three in the morning. I had class, but I know, he'd be all right. <laughs> 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 he was just so oh. excited. That's my guy. Fluke's out of Fluke's, you know. Yeah. Yeah, Fluke's good. Fluke's, people don't understand what Fluke's is. He was there to start. Because mm-hmm. Fluke's first year was my sophomore year. Okay. 
So he witnessed the very first shootout where we beat them when they was number one. That was Fluke's first year. Oh, wow. So he, so he rode the baby that whole prime. Went to UC when they was in their prime, too, still. <laughs> Came back to Xavier when they back, and they still in their prime. So Fluke's been through it all. Yep. Great, great dude, man. Great dude. That's mm-hmm. a dude I should get on the podcast. He's probably got some good stories. Oh, yeah. Fluke's the old watch. Yeah, he do. I'm about, I'm about to reach. I'm about to reach out. He know. Him. He know. He bad from telling some hours. <laughs> <laughs> so he's like, Fluke is like, yeah, We had Fluke when we was young. <laughs> hey, uh, we gotta get you to a Bearcat game, man. When you come yeah. back in town, on you know me. I don't discriminate, my brother. You know I will come to a Bearcat game. I might wear Xavier shirt, but I'm, I'm gonna come. Oh man, hoops is hoops, man. You know. No matter yeah. where it is. I like I, I, you know, I like Brennan. You know, I know John. So he's okay. a good guy. Okay. Yeah, yep. I know John. Shoot, I know John from back when he was playing. Okay. Because, remember, he's from Kentucky. Yeah, yeah. And he yep. used to play – wait, I'll get you, I'm going to hit you with this one. He used to play in the summer league when he used to be at Purcell. Did he really? Yeah, go ask him about that. I didn't know that. Yeah, ask him about that. I will. <laughs> he, wait a minute, he played in the Devereaux Summer League? Axe, Axe, shoot, was John Bradley played in the Summer League. Chris Mack played in it. I remember that. I remember Mack playing. Mm-hmm. I'm telling you. When it was okay. in Purcell. Axe, John. Yep, yep. I'm gonna, he's, yeah. from, he's from Kentucky. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Small world, man. Basketball community is such a small community, man, if you really look it, at it. It is because somebody knows somebody. It doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. It don't matter who it is, where you from, you running with somebody. I don't care what state, they know somebody from this basketball world. And then it gets even broader when you become, like, say you don't make it to the league and you end up playing overseas. You oh. meet a whole different world of other people. Whole different from world. Everywhere. Had some, I know, had some California, Seattle, the floor, everywhere. Be on the teams, or you don't play it against them. Because sometimes you're in a country, you don't, only y'all might speak the language. Mm-hmm. And right. when the other, and when the other team come play you, you you might speak the language. That's it. And y'all hanging out, getting something to eat. Yep. And you just learn about everybody. And you know what's what's crazy is when when Kobe Bryant passed away, and I've always known that the basketball community was small, but I think it got so much smaller when Kobe passed away because. I started talking to people that I had no idea were, like, really close with Kobe. Well, you got to remember, he's my era. He's a year I, after me in the oh, in draft classes. Shoot, I played I, against Kobe twice in AAU. I remember. I remember mm-hmm. that. Yeah, for sure. I mean, we're the same. You and I are the same generation there, same era. Mm-hmm. I played against but Kobe I, twice in AAU because him and Rip Hamilton was on the same team. Okay. It was just, it was so crazy, man. He died, and I started seeing people tell some stories, and I'm like, I'm hitting a couple people up, like, I, you never talked about this. Like, how did I, you know, one of my buddies, like, you know, Kobe was, like, helping train his son, and I'm like, what? Yeah, yeah. he <laughs> just like, never what? know. And he's like, man, I just never posted a picture. He's like, I just didn't want to tell people because they start hitting me up. Actually, a bunch of questions. Yeah, and I'm like, <laughs> Wow, I'm like, man, that's but but it, it it got so much smaller, I think too. When okay, Kobe. you want to see how you want to see how funny it is with Kobe's 
Smush Parker played with Kobe. Me and Smush mm-hmm. Parker played street ball together. Mm-hmm. I, I basketball referee high school games now. Smush Parker does it also in New York. Me and Smush was together. We took the test on the same day in the same classroom. Mm-hmm. And we got there, say, about 45 minutes together. We didn't know we both was coming at the same day. Uh-huh. We had stories for like 15, 20 minutes. Just going. <laughs> oh, I believe it. That's how small the world ran, running in the smush. Yeah, we doing it. Such a small, small mm-hmm. world, man. Yeah, because Smush played with Kobe in L.A. for a while, right? Yeah, about three, four years. Yep. Yep. Man. Small world. But, hey, man, I'm I'm uh, I'm so glad to get you on here because, you know, we, we talk to a lot of different uh, former Bearcats, and we often talk about the Crosstown shootout. But I'm just like, man, it's so interesting to find a different perspective you know, especially from a Xavier player and a Xavier player that's a Hall of Famer like yourself and has been such a integral part of all those shootouts and that era of basketball. Like, you were part of two two Xavier teams that beat UC when they were number one in the shootout. And those yeah, were only, only two people could say that. <laughs> or two, or three. Let me take that even why. Two, only two, me and Reggie Butler. Damn, crazy, crazy, man. Well, hey, listen, I want to thank you for coming on the Bearcat Basketball Podcast. And like I said, two things. Number one, I got to get to New York. And when I come to New York, we got to hit up the hoop spot. You got to take me around. Definitely got you on that one. And then secondly, when you come back to the Natty, I got to get you to a Bearcats game. And I'll go to a Xavier game, too. Uh, you know, I've already seen you at a Xavier game. So I, you know, know. You've been there already. <laughs> I got a lot of friends over there. <laughs> you know, you know how it is, man. Yeah, I mean, everybody's everybody's a friend now. Trust yeah. me. People don't understand with that game and the last thing with that. After the game was over, everybody was friends. Yep. <laughs> we just didn't like each other for maybe a week. <laughs> right, right, right. And the week of the game. Like each other ever. After that, we was cool. Yep. Yep. No doubt, man. Well, hey, man, I appreciate it, man. And uh, we're definitely going to catch up here soon. All right, appreciate you coming on. Thanks for having me, Meech. I want to thank everybody for listening to our special episode, our interview series of the Bearcat Basketball Podcast. And once again, you can follow me on social media, on Twitter and Instagram, at Alex underscore Meacham. Meacham spelled M-E-A-C-H-A-M. Also on Facebook and LinkedIn, Alex Meacham. On Snapchat, at Big Meach 41 and soon to be on TikTok. I appreciate everybody listening to the Bearcat Basketball Podcast. Go Bearcats.